This is the Commit Podcast with Ireland's leading performance coach, Enda McNulty. Accompanying the book of the same name, the Commit Podcast is a series of six episodes about powerful truths, inspirational advice, and surefire techniques to become a top performer. And this week we're going to talk about mental strength. But before we get into it, you might just explain to us the difference maybe between resilience and mental strength. For me, the difference between resilience and mental strength is very much around performance versus what we encounter in our lives. So mental strength is, for example, in a basketball game, when you're 20 points down, uh, have you got the mental strength to bounce back uh, and find a way to draw the game and then win the game? Mental strength. Mental strength is very much you're in a really difficult meeting with your boss and he or she strongly criticizes you. Do you have the mental strength to be able to stay composed, stay calm and still present a very strong case? Mental strength is around you fail an exam, but you still have the mental strength to say, I'm going to study for the next week and retake that exam and pass it. Resilience is much more what happens in the long term. Resilience is very much what happens to us in terms of what we experience in our lives. Do, do we have the resilience to deal with life challenges? Do we have the resilience to deal with, let's say, a problem after problem after problem in our business? Do we have the resilience in our life to deal with setback after setback after setback? So it's more long-term trait. Whereas mental strength is more about what happens in the middle of the performance. That's the way we differentiate it as a business. What happens in the middle of the performance? What happens in the middle of the day? What happens... Over an hour or two long, hour long period. Now you might say, can you not have mental strength? You know, over a week, over a month, over a year. Of course you can, but it's for me the difference there is very much it's about performance from a mental strength point of view and a set amount of time. Whereas resilience is over the long term. It's very much a long term vista, whereas mental strength is a short term vista. And one way to develop this is through rehearsal and visualization, is that correct? Visualization is only one of the strategies for making yourself more mentally strong. Uh, it's a very effective strategy. It, in a way, is like training the body. So training the mind is like training the body. It has to be done on a consistent basis. Visualizing a very important pitch once isn't going to prepare you for that pitch. It's visualizing that pitch perhaps four times a week for 15 minutes for four weeks in a row uh, before the pitch. So a lot of our clients in different parts of the world would say, well, and I visualize that major sales pitch that we had. And normally I'd say to them, yeah, did it work? No, it didn't work. And I said, well, how often did you visualize? No, I did it once. How long did you do it for? Well, I've done it for 15 minutes on the train. So it's trying to get across to people that our mental preparation and our mental preparation that, of course, allows us to be mentally strong, therefore, uh, has to be done as consistently, has to be done with the same quality, intensity, focus, and consistency as our physical training. Are you preparing for specific scenarios, or is it, are you, can you prepare for general mental strength? Great question. I think both. 
So if we have a big performance coming up, and let's say recently one of our clients was a cardiac surgeon and they were trying to get more tests and more qualifications, but they found themselves a little bit edgy under pressure in the big tests and the big assessments. So we work with them specifically from a mental strength point of view on being calm, on staying almost relaxed under pressure. And their exercises were visualization, number one. We had them using scripting, which is writing down how they want to perform, number two. Number three, controlling their self-talk. So making their self-talk much more positive, much more affirming, much more like an internal positive coach rather than an internal negative saboteur. So that that internal conversation we have with ourselves is very important that either builds our mental strength or let's say chips away at our mental strength. So if I don't have a big event coming up, it's still something I need to be doing every day, do you recommend? I'm sure the listeners and some of the feedback we've got about the book is that and there's a lot in that if you were to really commit to applying and implementing everything in the book, how would you ever get time? One of the key words that we allude to in the book, and it's a key principle of ours, is about integrating. So I was in the gym last night and I was on the rowing machine for about five minutes before I went into doing uh, some weights with my brother Patrick. So as I was on the treadmill, I had inspirational music on on my iTunes. And for that five minute period, as I was using, as I was rowing, not very efficiently, I'm sure, not very eloquently, I was... Breathing, listening to inspirational music, and using affirmations. So I was using that five-minute period to make myself more mentally strong. And the affirmations would be, every day and every way I get stronger and stronger. No matter what happens to me, I can't handle it. In all scenarios, I'm confident, composed, and calm under pressure. So in that five-minute period, I was on the row machine anyway, so I might as well build my mental strength as I row, rather than just rowing and going through a whole gym session of an hour. I don't have another hour to do my mental training the next day. So mental training leads to mental strength, if done appropriately. Physical training leads to physical strength. Simple. One of the stories in the book Commit, uh, you talk about um, discussing with Brian O'Driscoll, the need to focus on your signature strengths. Those initial conversations with Brian were fascinating because he was identifying, and he's talked about this publicly, and it is in Brian's own autobiography. He, he tells the story in great detail. And he tells the story that he was identifying a lot of things that were going wrong about his rugby game. He was identifying maybe what he wasn't world-class at and where he was frustrated in terms of his rugby game and what were the problems and what were the issues with his game. And what I noticed after listening to him in an aggressive manner was that he was far too focused on the gaps, on the issues, on the problems. And he wasn't focusing enough on the fact that this guy was the best or one of the best in the world about five or six key aspects of his rugby game. For somebody who was so good and so exceptional, he was still questioning his ability. And is that something that people need to take away is that, yeah, we, we focus in on the negative perhaps too much, but maybe we should actually remember what we're good at as well. Well, I wouldn't say that people should do it as well. I would say they should predominantly focus in on their strengths. 
if you look at the research and everything we talk about in Commit is grounded in research in science. We've tried to use story to bring it to life. The Brian O'Driscoll amazing story, the Podrick Moyles story, the Christine Maloney story, the story about Mary McNulty. We've tried to ground all the science and the research in reality using story. The Brian O'Driscoll story is a phenomenal uh, story because it reminds the readers to remember the importance of their strengths. The Gallup organization has done probably 40 years research on the importance of strengths and the importance of focusing your strength if you want to achieve your potential. And it makes a lot of sense. How can we be confident? How can we have very high self-esteem, self-image, self-worth, self-belief if every day we look in the mirror and we see flaws, weaknesses, what we're not good at, our mistakes, our mishaps? How would you ever build anybody's confidence if they spend 80% of the time in that space? So the ratio of time we spend focusing on strengths and accomplishments, come back into resilience again, versus the time we look at what isn't good enough is the key. And Seligman, using his ratio, and it's pretty scientific, he would talk about a 5 to 1 ratio. 5 times focusing on the strengths, on the positives, on what's working well, on all the things that are good, versus identifying the one, which of course is, okay, what are the failures? What are the weaknesses? What hasn't went so well? Commit the Book by Enda McNulty is available on Amazon and in all good bookshops.